Maybe you need to get a new phone, Baz. I'm not on my phone, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Is it still hissing? Like, if you put it to your ear, you can hear a, you can hear a noise. Really? Yeah. Hmm. When you're in bed at night, like, do you... No. Do you hear it? No, I mean, you'd have to put it right up to your ear. Um, I haven't played anything intense, but, like, if, if it does, if I do ever hear it now again, whirring up, I'm going to bring it back and get uh, an exchange. Dave, you lecture in you lecture electronic engineering students. Yeah. What is coil wine? What? Coil wine. <laughs> what, what's going on with Baz's phone? Oh yeah, no. Um, basically, when you have a lot of coils together, they don't really like each other, and some of them start bitching. Oh. <laughs> 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 You have you have to trust him as well. He's a lecturer, you know. That's it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then coil wine is just a good Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you you wanted an informational podcast, did you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, Buzz, how long have you had your phone now? Tuesday, so today is Sunday, so like five, five days, six days. And you have a one to eight gig. Plus in matte black, is that correct? Yeah, it's gorgeous. Right, you're happy. Kind of leave you leave it down places, and it just you know gets hidden. <laughs> what? <laughs> just takes an all natural light. Oh right. <laughs> and um, what about the home button? What what setting are you on with the fake click? I'm on three, I think. Although I was tempted to go down to two. So three is the strongest. Yeah, Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two is pretty good, though. Definitely not one. One is crap. But yeah. And are they just strengths or are they different patterns or something? Uh, just strengths, yeah. So I guess, yeah, three just feels longer. One is very shallow and quick. Um, but there's no, like, triple or anything like that. And does it have, like, on the, the Mac trackpad that you, um, that you have on your newer ones, do you know there's the second click? Is the force touch or anything? Is there any of that? On the home, on the no, home it's, no, it's it's a single click down, and then when you release, it pops back up again. Yeah, it really does feel good. Um, I guess the odd, the only time when it doesn't feel good is, I guess, if you leave it on a table surface and you push down on it, you don't really feel it. Maybe you do. <laughs> so you're also obviously because I don't think they changed the Touch ID sensor from the five S, but six oh, S. Sorry. Um, do you feel much of a difference from the six? Oh, it's ridiculous. Like it's 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 so fast. You're literally in the phone straight away. The unlock behavior in iOS ten, does that change it? Because I remember when I had the success, the annoying thing was that when you just wanted to look at your notifications. So I guess what I need to get used to is the raise to um, view. So when you raise the phone up, it turns on the screen now. And that's just on for a the couple seven, of seconds. That is just on the seven, I believe. I, I, I think they moved some chip in to the motion or accelerometer chip or something like that. So, you know, it's one of those, oh, now you get it for free. Yeah, because it's definitely not doing it here anyway. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the Hey Siri thing, I guess. Um, where now I have Hey Siri and hands-free without having to press any buttons i guess you know at some point that became a thing in the 6s i think you've had siri without being plugged in isn't that right like Dave, yes. if you plugged in your six you'd get hey siri yeah yeah so without being plugged in um yeah i can have it now which is great i guess for cooking cooking is the mo- the main time i use it yeah. so you know i have to wash my hands before i can touch the phone so um, and then you have to dry your hands. So now, I, even if I do wash my hands, I can, I suppose I can use it because it's waterproof. <laughs> and, uh, does Hey Siri work if you have it face down? Because I don't think so. So it, it knows, it knows as well to not light up the screen when it's face down. So it's another way, I guess, of saving some battery that, yeah, you know, plonk it face down on a, a surface and then it won't light up. It won't annoy you. And it knows it's facing down. Yeah, because my friend was just wondering why Hey Siri stopped working and he realised he had it face down and then once he turned it face up, it worked. So <laughs> it's obviously a feature as opposed to... as opposed to. Um, yeah, I'll try that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's class, lads. I have to say, it's really, really good fun. Mm. Um, speed is a big thing. Um, on it, apps, I guess, as I said before, the one thing I wanted was the extra RAM. So I'm going back to apps in multitasking. Um, and they're still open. They're still running in the background. So even more than ever, like, you know, who people who close apps in multitasking, I would recommend even more not to do it because your app is still running a lot of the time or not running, but you know, it's going to pop back into where you last let off. Yeah, screen. There's some difference, I guess, in the screen. Not a huge amount, but it definitely looks better. Uh, the haptic stuff is really cool. All of that haptic stuff is really nice. All little feedback features. Thomas, you tried it, didn't you? Yeah, we've all tried it, I think, um, to some extent. Yeah. Um, so I have the beta version in. So I was sending you guys, or I got a chance anyway this weekend to take some outdoorsy or um in good light photos using the portrait mode and i think it's fantastic it's it does a very very good job um i think it does a good job of when you're taking photos of people more than objects smaller objects um not sure why (laughs) but uh definitely i guess you need a lot of light for that kind of stuff but very very impressed so you know it would be a big plus i guess to get the bigger phone um and I did buy, I was in TK Maxx at the weekend and I bought a very, very cheap pair of Bluetooth headphones for using at nighttime to try out. And they're 20 quid and I guess you get what you paid for. <laughs> they have one and a half hours battery life on them, I think. Um, and the... How's the pairing, Baz? Pairing is actually very, very good. So you just turn them on and they pair. So I guess I, I paired them once in the Bluetooth menu and then the next time I just turn them on. If I have audio running on the phone, it just starts coming through the headphones. Um Much of a delay? I mean, yeah, I guess between the ter- turning on of the device and pairing, there could be 10, 15 seconds. I don't know the exact numbers. It's not instant like the Ouch. earpods. Okay. Ah, I mean, not that bad really, you know. Turn them on and a couple of seconds later they're pairing. I mean, most of the time I'm going to be listening to podcasts at nighttime, so it's not, I don't really need it instantaneous. It's not like I'm taking a phone call, um, on them. Um, but the, the, the headphones, the plus and minus button on them are for next and previous track, not volume up and volume down. <laughs> or there are, I looked at the instruction manual and I was like, yeah, you're meant to be able to do volume up and down, but they're really cheap. I mean, they were TK Maxx on the, you know, you ever gone to TK Maxx and you see like the, the shelf of tat, yeah. <laughs> electronic tat. They were there and I said, sure, why not try them out? But uh, otherwise, very, very good. Um, Do they have a cord between them? Cord between them, which I wanted. Um, and they um, have a so, yeah, mic. I, it does have a mic on it, yeah, yeah. And so the audio was fine, like. Uh, so for, to, to use the microphone, do you have to have the cord in the front or in the back? Like, where, where is um, the mic? It's closer to one side than the other. Okay. So it's probably resting down with your neck, but I won't be using it. It was literally more of a test than anything. And can I listen to podcasts at nighttime? You know, if I need to, um, while the phone is charging. So yeah, worked out okay. Um, would be tempted then maybe to get a better pair later on, but it was more of a test, you know, throw 20 quid at it. You can't be too upset. And so I'll keep them in my bag, keep them charged or whatever. And I'll probably use them again at some point. I was going to say, it certainly sounds like a partial answer to, I guess, people who are unhappy about the loss of the headphone jack. Like if 20 euro headphones have got to the stage where they're okay um, Mm -hmm. in terms of the electronics, then, you know. Yeah, Yeah, definitely a two and a half out of five (laughs) for these headsets who I've never heard the brand of. Um, aside from that, um, so you've had the phone at work, um, have you run into a situation before you got your Bluetooth headphones where you were annoyed about the lack of the headphone jack? So no, not until this weekend. Um, I guess a lot of, so for example, like as Dave admitted in a previous episode, uh, it says that you also listen to podcasts in bed. So yeah, but I, I live here on my own most of the time, so it's just laptop. Ah, okay. 
yeah so i just have that blaring away well not blaring away it's at a, a low enough level but yeah it doesn't bother me and even if i was playing it from the phone i'd have it plugged in anyway it'd be grand uh so this is it like the odd time i'll just have the headphones then to listen to yeah it's a cool phone <laughs> dave you you got the Baz message does some some sample photos from the uh the new portrait thing and the new beta. Yeah. Would that would that sway you at all towards a plus? Nearly. But at the same time it's still just very expensive, you know? Yes. I suppose that's that's really the the big thing at the moment, just it's you know, it's just more. Um and if there were an equal choice and an equal price, I'd probably give the seven plus a chance. Um but I don't know. I just I just don't know. Is it worth that much? Is it worth that for a feature that I probably might not use? Yeah, makes total sense. I mean, it's really fun. It's really neat, and I'm using it at the moment because it's new and I want to test it out. Um, in the long run, yeah, will I just be using the regular photo mode in it because I guess with the portrait one you have to take the 2x zoom so it goes straight in on an object you know it's all for close-up stuff and how often do you take photos of close-up stuff you know that's it and I think as well um like I do have you know I do have the the DSLR and it does Mm -hmm. like I can get you know I can do the depth of field stuff with that and I have done a bit um you know, and it's it's pretty cool. Um and it's it's it actually has a setting specifically for it. Like you can literally just if you go to creative automatic, you can literally just go blur the background and it does. I'm the same. I have a it's not an SLR, I have a point and shoot, a Fuji point and shoot. And I actually bought it um round about the time that I bought my 5S. And this is my kind of justification that like the important thing for me was the camera. So I was buying an older phone, but I also bought a a compact camera, which I think takes absolutely wonderful photos. So yeah, it's something extra to carry in the bag, but uh, yeah. Yeah. You're not really, you're not gaining anything other than convenience, I suppose, with the feature then. But I think it's a good point um, about price. And it's something I was thinking about. um, And I know we'll talk about the the Google event later on. But I've come to the conclusion that in the same way as that, like I've never bought a top of the line Mac. So my first Mac was an iBook. It wasn't a PowerBook. Um, You know, I I bought a MacBook Air, not a MacBook Pro. Uh, Then I bought a MacBook Pro, but I bought the smaller one. And it feels like in a way that the iPhone line is is a bit too narrow at the moment, um, depending on the future of the iPhone SE and whether that gets updated more often. But it's like, I actually don't like iPhone 7 Plus with decent storage is, is a grand, right? And I don't think the phone itself is is important enough for me to spend that money. So I want a current phone, but I don't want the absolute fastest, best phone. Um, I prefer to, you know, spend that money on a Mac, for example. So like, do you guys think that like the iPhone range is a bit too narrow and that there, that there isn't enough kind of mid range options for people who don't want the kind of latest and greatest? Well, I suppose they always keep on the, a previous version of the the line. They're not like, you know, getting rid of the six S's. So they're keeping them on. And they have the the five SE. Do you think the five SE is good enough as a mid range phone or is it too where where would you place that? I think it's good enough for now, but I I'm not sure what their plans for it. I don't think they're gonna update it next year, for example. Like So do you think they're gonna get rid of a smaller phone or go back to like the C? The the theory the theory is is that if they remove the bezel in the six-sized phone, that it'll be almost as small as the SE, so that the iPhone SE is essentially a, a stopgap model. 
Oh, okay. I don't know. I just think of the Mac line and I just think like, yeah, the MacBook Air or the MacBook, the 12 inch MacBook is there for kind of like casual use. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you want serious use, you can either get a 15 inch MacBook Pro or a 5K iMac or even a Mac Pro. Um, And the same differentiation doesn't exist on their phone line. Um, So like, say for you guys, your requirements for a laptop would be greater than say people who just need it for Facebook and email. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Like, I, I guess it just feels like for me, uh, you know, like Dave was saying, like, you know, the plus would be great, but it's an awful lot of money to spend on a phone. Yeah. I suppose I haven't really thought about that too much. <laughs> Lucky enough to get this phone, I guess, you know? Yeah. It's one thing if work is paying for it, like, but you know, it's, it's yeah. I think, I think, I think I, I just a lot of times people will go for a second hand phone sometimes. They, it, it ends up happening, doesn't it? Where phones kind of trickle down a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, if you take a look at, um, I don't know, teenagers or whatever, like they're mostly 4S, 5, 5S, 5C yeah. phones. Um, even after the two years, not seeing sixes, you know. I, I just wonder about the strategy of like keeping old phones around as opposed to what they do with the Mac, which they, well, they used to back when they used to update Macs, um, you know, they'll have different ranges and they'll update them all. Um, and then you pick one based on, you know, how much performance you want. I wonder if it's mm. the supply chain. Like, I mean, they have X amount of phones. It takes time to distribute them at least then they get the benefit, first of all, of the reduced cost of continuing to manufacture phones that have already been manufactured. Sometimes, like when they, remember they brought out the 4S, but only an 8 gig. Yes. After the 5 or 5S, like that was actually a, they actually made changes to that. Even it wasn't just a 4S with limited storage, like they actually made, as far as I know, some hardware changes they miniaturized something or you know it it didn't make any difference to the end user really but you know they're actually refining the the ones further down they're not it's not that they have created them and they just need to sell them so i think it's more it's more about um just economies of of scale and the making use of what they've already designed like getting getting value for money it probably lowers the r&d cost on a balance sheet not that they seem concerned about that (laughs) I hope they keep the SE around and keep updating it because I think the SE, not only for its size, but for its price is, I think, my ideal phone. Yeah, I think a lot of people really, really like it. I was just reading a Reddit post yesterday or two days ago where someone was just praising Apple for for it. And then people in the comments were just saying they think it is the perfect iPhone. Um, Does everything they need. So I guess this maybe moves us on to whatever about the iPhone 7 being uh, ridiculously expensive, uh, Google have decided to release the phone at the identical price. Yeah, and if you squint... Identical specs? Identical <laughs> look. Very identical from the back and the front. Yeah. You guys you guys see it as well, because some people like aren't seeing it. When I first saw, because there were leaked photos, I think a week or two ago, like I just thought it looked obnoxiously similar. Isn't isn't it HTC who are doing the body? And their last one looked really like the iPhone six as yeah, well. Yeah, like. that's so it's got the two bands on the back that are look very similar, similar placement, I guess. But Google are claiming that they designed this one all by themselves. HTC are just their sort of Oh manufacturer. Their it? factory. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess like the microphone socket or the microphone hole at the top. Sensors aren't in the same place. Camera's not in the same place in the front, but on the back. But for example, they this big chin on it. Yes. And because they don't have the home button there, they don't even need the chin. Like They don't, no. Oh, and so I guess poor. there could be extra stuff in there, but yeah. And the always on the screen back buttons and stuff, you know. Yeah. That really annoys me about Android. Um yeah, I mean, I think it's obvious that Google didn't put their, their hardware designers through the same rigorous, ridiculous uh, interview and screening process that they do their software developers. 
Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't asked enough. It wasn't asked enough puzzles or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um. So I, I suppose it's just like it's literally we're we're at what eight years out since the first iPhone, are we? Eight. Eight next year, nine, is it? Ten next year, nine, year. nine, seven, nine. Yeah. Oh, so a lot anyway. And basically, like literally since it was launched, it's been just copied. And this is just the latest one. So it doesn't really, doesn't really matter at this point. I just think it's sad because there's so many things that I think you could improve about the current iPhone design. Oh yeah, definitely. It's not exactly a looker like. No. <laughs> and especially like, do you know, I'd even give out to Apple about copying the iPhone design, given that essentially this is the second year they've just copied what they came up with back in 2014. Like, for like Google have no excuse. Like, they could have done loads of stuff just to make it slightly different. Mm. So d- distribution of the phone as well is something that's oh my God. very different from Apple, since we're talking about the, the pricing and stuff. Like, we're not likely to see this phone here at all. Um, are we? Yeah, so... So it's it's officially not for sale in Ireland at the moment. And no ETA on that or anything like it's not it they're just not selling it. They don't is it a carrier only offer like I think it's Verizon in in the US. Is there No, you can buy it unlocked direct in the states and in the few other countries they're launching, mm. but um they have exclusivity with one company over there, I think. The only carrier that's selling it is Verizon, but you don't have to buy it from Verizon. You can buy it direct from Google. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what 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 are the good what are the good aspects of it? What about it? What about it? I guess are you interested in? So the screen, I think, is great. Yeah. I, I think that, like partly it's sort of like for me, and I wrote a blog post about this. Like for me, Google are trying the Apple model. They're selling. They're trying to sell a phone with huge margins. Um, you know, that they're actually trying to make money from their phones, which is, for me, the first time ever. Like, before, the purpose of the Nexus phones was to provide, like, a reference implementation of an Android phone. Um, that's a lot of nerds bought because it was the best Android phone or the most unmolested Android phone android phone you could buy but uh now like they're trying to make money from it right i suppose it could be making money for it or it could just be perception do you know if this is the same price as the iphone obviously is worth the same you know um instead of making it cheaper instead of releasing a cheaper one you know don't don't make it look inferior (laughs) yeah it's a weird choice though because like you know, the iPhone 7 pricing, as we've just discussed, is, is pretty eye-watering, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, even for us, as mobile, you know, as nerds, as as kind of mobile nerds, we're, we're sort of slightly sort of balking at, at the cost. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty gutsy anyway. Yeah, so... An interesting, since we were talking about the iPhone 7 Plus and the camera, this phone has been rated the best camera ever on a phone by uh, DxO, is it? Um, yeah. yeah, DxO, I saw, Mark. Yeah. I, I saw an article the other day with proof, and there was like a couple of 400 by 200 pixel images as proof. <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing that isn't on their list is there's no differentiation between the 7 and the 7 Plus on that. Yes. So the 7, as far as I'm concerned, the 7 Plus is missing from that list. So I think they haven't reviewed it, actually. Obviously, because the software is probably still in beta, there's no point in in reviewing that. They're probably waiting for the, the full features of the camera to come out. But I think it provides an excellent um, window of opportunity for Google, who does have it better, to kind of um, use it in their marketing for the few weeks while people remember it. And then when the iPhone 7 Plus comes out, it may obliterate it. It may not. Who knows? But, you know, at least Google will have had their their best best phone ever, our best camera ever um, award or ranking. This was 
This was addressed on the latest uh, talk show with John Gruber. And he had, um, his guest was a journalist called um, Matthew Panzerino, who actually used to work as a camera salesman. And they were pointing out that this company, DxO Mark, actually sell an accessory, uh, basically a replacement um, sensor and lens for the iPhone. Um, so they were sort of saying that this company has a slight sort of conflict of interest because they're they're reviewing smartphone cameras, but they're also selling an add-on for the iPhone that apparently takes better pictures. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that, and I'll, I'll be honest, the, the marketing worked because I looked at it and I was like, ooh, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the interesting choices uh, Google took, though, was they the cameras don't have optical image stabilization um but they i think they are trying to do something they have like electronic stabilization with the gyroscope i, I don't know if that's just for video or if that's for still images too yeah it looks pretty good anyway from the demo they showed um whether it's as good i don't know i have to say that's the one feature that would like tempt me like the headline feature, the the iPhones, the optical image stabilization. Like, I definitely I, I don't have very steady hands when I'm taking a photo. Um, that's why I really like my point and shoot camera that it has OIS because it definitely helps me take really good photos. Um, that I can't take with my my 5s. Yeah, no, it's pretty nice. I was testing the 10x zoom though. Gets very very shaky. <laughs> Not good. Um, so, like Google releasing this phone, you know, you know, the same price as an iPhone Seven. Um, like at the moment, I think the Pixel isn't compelling. But I, if Google stick with this, if they stick with sort of like really wanting to create a really high quality phone, I think in a few years they'll start like really giving Apple a run for their money. Like they haven't on this iteration, but I think if they stick with this strategy, like, you know, they certainly have the margins there to, you know, try some really interesting stuff, right? Maybe, but do they have Apple supply chain? Do they have the margins? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. But I guess like Apple makes so much money from the iPhone that like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, but the rest of them don't seem to, even HTC, supposedly, you know? Yeah, true. So, who knows? But I look, um, the more the better, the more the merrier. Um, Google lighting the fire under under Apple for certain things would be very welcome. And likewise, maybe Apple getting Google to release things outside of the, the United States of America and the UK would be nice. <laughs> I have to say the the unlimited photo storage with the Pixel that kind of hurt. Yeah, no, that's a good feature. But th- th- then again, like I suppose this is a phone where you get the latest software updates. But how long do you get the latest software updates two for? Years. Is it two years? Yeah, that's that's it. What? That's pretty crappy, isn't it? Like, I, it, I mean, I mean, the 4S got the iOS 10, right? The 4S got iOS 9. Oh, it stopped there, did it? Yeah, they. Okay. It was eligible for the first beta and then they removed it. Right. Oh, okay. Still, like. Still, still. (laughs) It went from probably iOS 5 on that or something. Like, you're right in that, like, this is the best breed Android. This is the most supported Android phone. And still, Google are only committed to two years. Two years of, Mm -hmm. like, mainstream software updates. I think they might release patches security patches beyond then but uh and that, that, like that that's an analogous to your 5s not getting ios 10 basically isn't it yeah pretty much but then like again as you we were saying earlier about like secondhand phones whereas if i had a phone like this and i know then like if i had a child or something that i could hand it down to them or someone and kind of go look you're gonna have this for another couple of years and you might get another two firmware updates out of it and it's like <laughs> why nah. does my daddy hate me because <laughs> you're imaginary <laughs> but that's really crappy like for a thousand euro phone to be yeah. told like 
you're going to be up to date for two years and that's that's all we're guaranteeing like that that just seems like because you, you pay that money for your macbook or your your yeah. windows laptop and you do get yeah you know these updates for years yeah can you imagine like buying a, a, a like a really expensive laptop and being told oh yeah you've got software updates two years and that's it Yep, I think that's probably how Windows Vista, uh, Windows XP lasted so long. <laughs> uh, I you know I guess they're trying to do an ecosystem as well, but again, it's segmented with three messaging apps. Thomas, did you write that in your blog? Yeah, hello. I, I think knock, I knock. underestimated because I missed out Google Voice and. A few did others. you have knock knock in there? No. <laughs> Google Hangouts, um, whatever. I mean, it's, it's like, what do you use, you know? Uh, and you come in, so it, they'll get there, I think, and this is probably a good start. Hangouts has been deprecated so, now to optional for carrier builds. What? Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So it's optional in the Android universe. Yep. So moving on from the phones, um, like the one big bitch I had in my blog was actually about the other things that Google released. Um, specifically, they they released a new four uh, K compatible Chromecast, and they also released um, new Wi Fi routers. Um, and this is something that really annoys me because. Apple had just been, Apple had an early lead in this market and have just been lazy and thrown it all away and it really annoys me. Yeah, because like, I mean, if we think back to like the first time I used AirPlay, it was the closest thing to magic I'd ever actually seen in my life. <laughs> Seriously, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it, it just worked. I was like, you know, because like, I remember even trying to get VNC to work on com- two computers on the same land before it wasn't as easy as getting, <laughs> yeah. getting AirPlay to actually work. Like, had the Apple TV and then it would AirPlay stuff. Then I got this, I'd paid for this AirParrot thing. And then all of a sudden my screen was on the thing and I had an extra monitor and it was just like floating in the air. Like, it's unreal. And it's still just... Yeah, friends would call around and with iPhones, you'd say... Oh yeah, just connect to the Wi-Fi network there and you can play music to the stereo and you'd see the reaction of like, oh my God, this is absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. And that, that, that was that's probably four or five years ago now at this stage. Apple TV 2. Yeah, and they did nothing with it. The like, exact same. Like, I mean, uh, pretty much from the, like, I don't remember them adding anything new other than stutters to AirPlay <laughs> since... <laughs> Since I used it the first few times, like, um, <laughs> you know, and it's great to have it. It's great to have the hardware AirPlay decoding or encoding on the Mac um, with the, the Intel chip or whatever, you know, so that you can yeah. do the mirroring without your without your computer trying to take off, um, you know, but still like there's so much there was so much potential that's just kind of. Ah, uh, you have mirroring and you can you can play dot mobs and QuickTime files. What more do you want? But even just the audio, this is the thing that really annoys me. So like twelve years ago they came out with the first Airport Express so you could wirelessly stream audio from your Mac. Um and two years later they introduced like multi zone audio. Which worked like it worked perfectly on my sort of brand new iBook G4. Did they bring it ever bring it to iOS? No, because they don't care about it. Yeah. Like this is a market they could have completely owned and they're just lazy and didn't bother and I don't understand why. Like it's sad to me that Baz, you have a Chromecast and that's the best option for streaming that you have like it should be an apple product there's no excuse for it yeah yeah (laughs) you're always kind of filling your house up with little gadgets that do you know bits and pieces for you that apple are failing at yeah apple had had an early lead in the home automation like they announced HomeKit years ago and did nothing with it made it completely invisible there was no empty home app causing tension until this year so I think there's been three years of this home kit thing kind of working, 
that didn't make much sense and now all of a sudden there's a push and all of a sudden there's the Apple TV as the hub but it's still not enough like it's you know I and I I guess look maybe they can't hire enough people or whatever but this th- these are the bits that aren't I suppose that aren't rocket science like they're not developing a new language they're not developing the kernel they're just you know some nice little bits and pieces yeah, like just even the Airport Express, like the fact that Google have uh, re- released these new uh, modern routers that now it's maybe less important for us because we're in Ireland and we don't have insanely big houses. But um, before, like in the States, like most houses are, are so big that you actually, you kind of need to two access points to sort of provide ag- adequate coverage in the house um and like yeah like the airport express only only supports wireless n so even though the iphone 6 can do wireless ac like the airport can't it's ridiculous i don't understand it yeah it's but it's nice though with the with the google chrome it's like what like 30 40 quid yeah but you know why aren't apple bothering their eyes trying to compete with this and they released a 150 euro kind of product, didn't they? The Apple TV. And then you get to buy this thing for 40 quid and it seems to work constantly for me and have no... <laughs> stop buying, stop buying the, the shit stuff, I guess, from Apple. <laughs> yeah, they increased, they actually increased the price of the Airport Express, I think last year or the year before, because of currency differences. So it used to be 99 oh, yeah. euro and now it's 109 Oh, lovely. Like, that's awful. They're not listening to you, Thomas. <laughs> and, like, it's it's sad as well now. Like, I mean, if you take a look at um, Alexa, and we'll probably talk about Google Home shortly, Apple could have owned that market. At least in a, a certain a certain portion of the market. Like, but, you know, the, the, the money-making end. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Google clearly kind of like have an opportunity here to double down on this and like fair play to them. I hope they make it work. Um, Apple are being lazy and I think that's inexcusable given that they actually sorted out some pretty complicated stuff early on. Like um, time machine backups over Wi-Fi. That was an awesome idea. Um, Wireless audio, that was an awesome idea. Multi-zone wireless audio, that was an even more awesome idea. Um, They are also a maker of ARM chips. So, like, is it really that much effort to sort of, like, take the A8 or the A8 is in the uh, Apple TV and produce an absolutely amazing home router? Um, I don't know. Makes me sad. Yeah. It's definitely, like, it's looking more and more to me that um, Apple are pretty much phone and, to a lesser extent, MacBook, uh, phone and iPad, and to a lesser extent, MacBook now. And that all the the other uh, kind of exploratory things are probably either going to go nowhere or be cut. Which is interesting, and it's also interesting that Google are coming into the market now, because one could say that Google's timing is terrible in that there was a period, kind of maybe from the iPhone 3GS to the iPhone 6, where Apple just made an incredible amount of money because the performance gains with each successive phone release were so big that people were so compelled to upgrade and phone carriers in most countries were sort of still subsidizing phones. Um, whereas my sense is now the, the performance increases are tailing off. They're still increasing, just not as, as quickly. And phone carriers in various countries are stepping away from the sort of, oh, we'll bundle your subsidy in with your price plan. Um and separating the two things out. So the other thing is they they that they announced in the the event. Well, the the daydream they've kind of talked about before. They they released a, a plush headset and controller. Um, 
no need to talk too much about that. Baz, you are getting your PSVR soon? Yeah, so I um, actually messaged, I'd messaged GameStop Ireland a couple of weeks ago and I was like, story, and they said we don't know. So that's never good. And then I messaged them again this week and they said, yeah, we're going to be shipping them out soon. So, or we've got our allotment there or something like that. So you should have it on release day. Um, so that's good. So hopefully they stick to the word. They're usually pretty good. I've always got stuff in time, but I guess I prefer to get an email about dispatching dispatchments before they are dispatched. You know, this is going to be dispatched on this day or something like that. Anyway, can't complain if it's coming in. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I guess I probably won't get a chance to play it till it's coming this Thursday. Maybe on Saturday I'll get a chance to unbox it and play it. Um, and make that Christmas morning or something like that. <laughs> Grown up Christmas. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm hearing some stories. I don't know. Giant Bomb did a, a kind of, they got up at five o'clock in the morning to do a stream when the embargo lifted. And wasn't great. A lot of tracking issues. And it kind of put me off it then, you know, initially. Kind of expectations were lowered a bit. And I was like, oh. Because I'd heard so many stories and I'd seen so many people use it and it seemed all fine. But it seemed like they maybe have gotten a faulty headset. I've been watching, I guess, a few more people kind of talk about it. A few more live streams. And uh yeah, a lot of people were just like, it's pretty good. Um Minor, minor tracking issues. So we'll see. I'll just play in pitch dark room to, you know, increase all the tracking and stuff like this. Cause it's all, it's all based off light. Um, and it's coming into a camera that has, you know, not exactly the best resolution on it. So it's old technology tracking new soft or new hardware. Um, so this is basically just the eye toy. Yeah. All over again. It's, it's, it's kind of, I mean, there's dual cameras in this thing. So it's calibrated for depth. But I guess the sensor might be only, I don't know, 1280 by something or other. I'm not sure what it is, but it's, it's not a huge amount of pixels to be tracking, you know. And I suppose if you're turning away from the screen, there are some lights on the back of the headset. But the the, the ones you're holding in your hand, uh, the tracking ones, they can be obscured by your body. So I guess it has to resort then to gyroscopes inside them to figure out where they are. But then again, how far away they from your body, you know, that stuff is difficult without multi-camera setups. Yeah, no, I'm really, really looking forward to it. So I'm really hoping to get, you know, people around to start playing it and stuff like that. I have one rule. It's like no makeup. Don't wear makeup if you want to wear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and maybe don't, 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 don't use your t-shirt to uh, wipe down the lenses. So, cause they get pretty scratched. I have a question, like with the, Google Pixel announcement and their daydream thing. Hmm. Like, I don't don't know very much about VR, but I've read people talk about sort of three classes of VR. And the first is a phone-based one. The second is a console-based one, like the PlayStation VR. And then the third one is, uh, I guess, more of an Oculus-type thing where you have like a an expensive gaming PC in your living room. Which do you guys think is sort of the future of VR, given that the phone-based one would have the widest audience, um, but the on the other extreme, the kind of gaming PC in your living room delivers the best experience? Um, reports I'm seeing at the moment anyway is that you know, a lot of articles are saying like PSVR is the best VR at the moment. Just in terms, I guess, the, the quality of games that are coming out from it. Um, on PC, you know, people can just throw out any old stuff. It's not following certain rules. So at the moment, it's cheap. It might not be the best resolution, but it's works pretty, pretty good. And the games for it are pretty fun. Um, and it's very, it's a lot more social. Um, kind of even the games that they have but just having it within your sitting room and stuff like this rather than maybe just in the room where you have an an office or something like that uh what about phone based vr though like kind of given the race i don't think it's good enough (laughs) not right now i think they're different audiences though i mean you know are you expecting the people who play yes or who are on facebook all day or who are playing some casual games to all of a sudden be interested in vr 
Whereas you have like, okay, whatever about consoles, they have a reasonably hardcore fan base. And the same with PC games, but I think the I think definitely the PSVR represents the ultimate and the consumer end of things for now. It it probably has the it's what people are going to be buying for Christmas. Yeah, and you know, people are going to be dropping twenty to forty euro on a game. Um on PSVR. So mobile. There might be kind of there might be kind of things that you play for five ten minutes where psvr you want to be immersed in a game that could be anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour two hours depending on how much you can handle um yeah i think that that's the experiences people are looking for in psvr is immersion um and that playing a game for maybe an hour before you get tired on the mobile it's just too distracting i think you know with stuff coming in and on the screen you know text messages or whatever and notifications and the sense of um, being in the game, you know, being in an environment isn't going to be as strong, I think, on what can be achieved on a mobile phone at the moment. Definitely they're going to go, be going towards it, and especially with John Carmack being behind um, Oculus, or sorry, what's it, Gear VR at the moment? I mean, no better man to be having in your corner for VR. So I think it will get there eventually. I'm always thinking things will get there eventually, but PSVR is a good place at the moment pc stuff um yeah if you have the money it's better definitely but (laughs) but also who who wants a windows pc like a gaming pc so it has to be big and have cooling and stuff like who wants that in their living room you'd be surprised i don't think it's as bad as you think it is nowadays i think pc stuff is pretty reasonable to create a pc these days you know it's it's but, pretty easy but you're not and gonna d- like like a thing like the intel nook you know those small kind of mm. like a mac mini type pc that's not gonna cut it for vr right no you're gonna need a high tower machine yeah um but like it's not that bad you'll get a graphics card in there you know uh, and maybe one or two fans um it's not that bad. You can throw it away in your in on your TV. <laughs> Some people will use it because there is stuff called um, Steam Big Room Mode. I probably got the name wrong, but there is you can hook up your PC to your TV, and it's a much simpler interface. And you know that's just specifically designed for couch gaming on your TV. So people are into it, I guess. And you can stream to your TV in a different room from your big box that's in the the office or. Yeah, there's a stream, a Steam streaming box, kind of like a PlayStation TV or Apple TV. You can buy one of them as well. Okay. Uh, but then I guess, I suppose that the PSVR you don't even, or sorry, the the PC VR, you don't need a TV at all. Oh, of course. Twice twice during this recording, Hey Siri has turned on for no reason. That's <laughs> Think of the poor people listening to us on speaker. <laughs> yeah. So I think that brings us to Google Home. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, you've got a new home. Are you gonna are you tempted? <laughs> ah yeah, sure. When it's released here in eleven years, I'll check it out. <laughs> um Would you import one? No. Um not at the moment anyway. I'm gonna get the, I'm I'll probably by the time anyone else listens to this, I'll probably have ordered an Amazon Echo. Um Are they out yet in the UK? In the UK, yeah. And okay. I'll do a reship. And, uh, see how that goes. Cause, um, the Google thing, it's, it's worrying. Like literally did one of the, the few things I've heard about it on a few of the, the home automation sites is essentially that they've, they've kind of said that you're, they they kind of want exclusivity on things that work with it. Mm. So, uh, it's, it's one of these standard boilerplates, like, but it seems it, it's like if Microsoft made home automation solution, there's a be a, with the the embrace and extend extinguisher, whatever that that mantra was. So, say if you get all this set up, what are the sort of top tasks that you would like to voice control within your home? Okay, so timers for cooking, multiple timers, because again, you're you're doing stuff, and like I had one of those, you know, the the cooks timers, the the hardware box thing with the the three different timers and stuff, but um. It's just and 
you, oh, you're, you're kind of like, I need to time something. Oh, crap, where is it? And you're, you're going rooting for it, like, you know. Um, Siri, I have to plugged in. And Siri still can't do multiple timers, right? No. That's <laughs> awful. Here's your timer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you want me to change your timer? That's awful. <laughs> yeah. Like, for Apple to be, like, claiming, like, that, you know, they have a useful voice assistant... And the one thing that we all use Siri for, the only thing that we use Siri for, and it, it's not feature complete, like that's awful. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> so cooking related stuff, music related stuff, where I know exactly where I'm not browsing. Like, literally, I want to say, play this song by this band now. And it's it's on. Do you know, that's what I want. I don't want to be like, hmm, let me take this out. Let me swipe up. Let me select my Bluetooth speaker. Okay, now let me change over to Spotify. Let me type, let me tap, let me type in what I want. Let me hit enter. Let me, you know, poor me, like, do you know, um, <laughs> it's really first world stuff. But just to, it it just annoys me to the fact that I, I nearly don't even put on music sometimes, do you know, whereas if I could just go... I, I I suppose I want it. I want this thing to be almost an extension of my thoughts in a way that I can just think something and then I go, oh, I want to hear that song. And then I don't have to stop and do something different or I don't have to break the thought and take a phone out, realize I have a text message. Okay, swipe off, wait, reply to that. Where was I? What was I doing? All oh, right. Yeah. Back to something completely different and forget what I was what I was doing. So I just wanted to be like, oh, I want to, I want to hear the news, put on the news there. Oh, I wonder is that latest episode of that podcast out? Throw that on, um, you know, turn on the lights, whatever, you know, but I just, I want the naturalness of it as opposed to the, what it can do because with Alexa, I can, I can write my own extensions to do anything really. And this is where Siri falls down, I think, is that like, this is about layers of, levels of trust and Siri is so far removed, so far behind what you would consider like saying something to Siri, like for me is to the crapshoot and what people say about Alexa is that like it actually understands that it, it, it kind of, it actually makes some reasonable attempt to do what you tell it to do to the degree that you have some degree of confidence that when you tell Alexa to do something, that it'll do it. And Siri falls so short of that. Yep. Mm. And again, another instance of Apple being first out the gate. Right. Which doesn't happen often, right? <laughs> yeah, well... No, so, Dave... Um, Airplay, the, the audio, the, the wireless backup. Do you know, like, there's loads of these little incidental kind of things that they were really good at once but I was thinking there of a generation just grew up now thinking that mobile phones and touchscreens have always been around and they're very good at them so your son is going to grow up now thinking talking out loud to a room (laughs) is going to be a normal feature and being able to control stuff by using your voice alone yeah so he's going to go over to his friend's house and he's going to turn around and walk up to his friend's tv and start talking to the TV, and then he won't be invited over to their friend's house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My plan will have worked. The, the long con, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I, I guess that's the environment he's going to grow up in, isn't it? It's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> Wait until he has to tell the toilet to flush. That's what'll really get the name, that get, get his friend. Yeah. <laughs> flush, flush. What are you doing in there? Nothing. Flush. <laughs> <laughs> and coming in no are we going to do happy stuff and if that ain't happy I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what's making us happy this week apart from planning very long practical long running practical jokes um well, we, we missed a week, so this is something I would have talked about last week, and it's about two weeks old now, but I went to Milton Keynes 
recently. Melton Keynes uh, is making Melton. Baz happy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who, who would have thunk it? But anyway, I went over for um, a meeting, a work meeting, and ended up going to, well, it was in the Red Bull um, Formula One factory in Milton Keynes, which employs about 800 people, consumes about eight buildings, I think, in an industrial state. So pretty cool day. Got a tour of the factory. Got to see a big insight into what they do. Probably ND8. Can't really talk too much about it. But uh, that was a pretty, pretty damn cool day. Uh, that was something that made me happy. Um, just kind of seeing all that kind of stuff. So, kind of, you know, really cool kind of engineering at a big level where lots and lots of money is going into everything. And getting to see like the control room, what where, where people are on race day and stuff like that. And I saw, which I was told, was... The world's largest 4K LED TV. I thought it was a projection. I thought it was three screens being projected onto a wall. And then your one's like, the one that's giving us the tour is like, no, that's a TV. And I was like, holy shit. It's huge. Wow. So that was something making me happy. Also, my iPhone 7. Yeah. I bring it to bed with me every night. <laughs> <laughs> Technically correct. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, what's making you happy? Um, so Humble Bundle, or Humble Bundles, are, um, I think we've, well, Baz, you and me have definitely bought them before. Thomas, have you yeah, bought no. anything from Humble Few Bundle? So generally they're, they're groups of games, and more recently they've booked, they've kind of started doing bundles of comics or books or audiobooks and stuff, mm. and they also have a shop for games, but... This week it'll probably it'll be gone by the time you're listening to this, so don't even check. Um they've a click um click team fusion two point five bundle, which is one of the it's one of those bundles that's legitimately um a steal. Um it's a multimedia kind of a drag and drop video game maker. And for 15, if you go up to the $15 tier, you get everything. And when they say it is a thousand dollars, like you can jump on Steam and see the price of all of them. And it is, um, you know, it is a thousand dollars. So mainly there's a, a few high profile iOS games, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's and, um, a few others that have been made with it. But I bought it for myself and a nephew. And he's already made, uh, he's already cloned Microsoft Paint using it. So, right. um, yeah. And that's only literally since yesterday. So it seems to be intuitive enough that he can grasp it and, and use it like, um, and is happy enough with it. Like, and especially then when I told him to check out the price on Steam, he nearly exploded. <laughs> okay. I'm purchasing it now do because i figure Might as well. for prototyping games you can export you get the ios exporter if you if you spend the 15 quid so you can export them to to ios a lot of people i've read online as well use it for kind of small apps that are not necessarily anything to do with games um but they just need the cross-platform ability so i think it's well worth, are these well worth the gamble on windows 15 sorry are these windows programs it does as well yeah. are these windows programs or mac sorry Will it run on my Mac? It will, yeah. Oh, wow. Not, not okay. all of it. Just bought it. But um, the editor will. And then if you need, I think if you have to export it for Windows, you have to use Windows and stuff like that. But it's fairly. It's cool. Um, you can do it all on a virtual machine anyway. So it might be useful for our next, uh, or probably our only game jam, whenever that happens. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just bought it. Nice one. I didn't realize it was up tomorrow. So good thing I did. Yep. <laughs> That's me anyway. Thomas? So my thing that's making me happy is um, doing iOS 10, there's a new uh, option in the clock app, and it's called Bedtime. Yes. Have either of you used it? Yeah, but I also had my real alarm on, and then both of them got stuck on. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I had a bad experience in, in a beta, so no. Yeah, so then I then I stopped using it after one night. But it, it's something that in print in uh, as was in principle looks looks amazing. Yeah, so like the the feature is not making me happy because it's pretty shit because it 
like assumes that when it reminds you to go to bed that you that actually do you are... <laughs> 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 so every day last week it's like oh you went to bed at half 11 now but it's like no i didn't i stayed awake for an extra two hours it's like, you can't tell me what stuff. to do <laughs> Do you, Dave, do you think if you tell your kid to go to bed and he's like, no, can you like automate the house to tell him to go to bed? And then he'd be like, all right, you're the controller of the TV. I have to listen to you. Yeah, he could just make it turn off everything. It'd be another future for him. You know. <laughs> Child detected in sitting room, shutting down. You know? Yeah. So do you use it for your primary waking up stuff, Thomas? Yeah, so I do. And I think this really makes <laughs> primary arousal. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing that is making me happy is like the the problem with iOS alarms always was like they're always terrible. So <laughs> why? Like any of the wake up options were really bad. Whereas the so default one for the bedtime feature in iOS ten is an awesome alarm it's sort of like it's piano and it like sort of gradually awakes you um so it's awesome it leads to really messed up dreams but that's my problem not the bedtime feature thing but yeah okay i'm and i just can't trust it and i don't want to use it i don't want to test on a weekend because why would i um Hmm. But you know the, the the sound I'm talking about, right? No. Which sounds? On, on the alarm. Uh, I like my alarms to be awful. Listen to it. Can you hear it? No. No, it's because, because I'm sleeping, Thomas. <laughs> Do you not hear it now? No. Anyway, it's cool. <laughs> Trust me. 